0: Kenyon Drake or Jane and Waddle right now. And I would say we are 17 days, 17 uh, away from Alabama's season opener to start the 2022 campaign against Utah State. And everybody pumped up, excited, chomping at the bit. Football season right around the corner. It's right here upon us. And you're rocking and rolling here on a Wednesday. Hot and short in the streets talking your Bama. Football news In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Uh, we're bringing you the show from the magic city of Birmingham, streaming this to you through YouTube, and you know what to do. Hit that subscribe button right now on the channel smash. Subscribe. Get your friends, family members, diehard Bama fans, casual Bama fans, casual sports people to subscribe because if you love the content, they will want to be a part of it also. Don't forget to like the show. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a like. Run those likes up. Make this your show, your network channel, platform, and space to get all of your crimp, uh, all of your Crimson Tide alerts information there. Turn all those notifications on. Hit that little bell so that way you miss absolutely nothing on what's going on with your favorite program, that being Bama football. We also got you covered on Facebook and Twitter as well, streaming to you this show. We got a great one today, outstanding one. A little bit later on in the show, we'll talk with the man, Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for TDA on where is Bama sitting right now. You look at defensive lineman Keon Keeley. In terms of his recruitment among other things where this 2023 class is concerned but we want to hear from you the lively the passionate the fun bunch the entertaining people of uh, being the Crimson Tide Football fan base. You can do this by calling 205-448-1358. But I'm gonna call in to let your voice be heard on the show. 205-448-1358. Wanna hear from you. And one more time, 205-448-1358. That daily Super Chat Go. $75. Daily Super Chat Go. Appreciate the support coming from all of you. But we're gonna get it now the first topic of conversation, folks, and that is there's so much buildup this season. There is so much excitement, so much anticipation, so many things that U.S. fans and all of us as consumers of Alabama football, we want from this team in this upcoming season. And I was thinking about this last night. When there's been buildup and a lot of it, when there's been excitement and a lot of it for an upcoming Alabama football season, Crimson Tide usually responds quite well to the buildup. And normally it responds to the national championship in that buildup. And I'm just reminded of different years as are now on screen. When you can look at you know, 2009, you know, 2011, 2015, 2017, 2020, those are so much buildup for those seasons. Like, U.S. fans are just so amped, so excited, just so ready to go to get to those particular seasons because you felt, as a fan, something special, something remarkable is going to happen, is going to take place here, where Bama football is concerned. Case in point, you know, 2009, right? 2008, you know, Alabama got to the SEC Championship, you know, people thought it was Bama a little bit too early getting there with Coach Saban. You had guys that knew they were talented enough, just didn't quite have that belief that they could take down Florida. The very next year in 2009, U.S. fans were going, we got to get back there. Can't wait to face Florida. We we know we got the team. We know we can get back there. There was just so much juice, so much electricity, so much energy coming from you, the fans, and just your excitement for that 9 season because you thought this is the team that's going to get Alabama back to being on top where Bear Bryant had it in the 60s and 70s and Gene Stallings had it in 92 and Wallace Wade had it in the 1920s and 30s and Frank Thomas had it in the 30s and 40s. Like, we're, we're, we're going to get back there in that 9 season. And what happened, Alabama got back there, ran the table, One undefeated, perfect national championship season because there was so much excitement, so much buildup going into that year. I look at 2011 the same way. 2010, you know, U.S. fans were disappointed. It was, you know, how could Alabama lose three games in 2010? How could it lose to South Carolina and Steven Garcia? What? How could it lose to LSU? Huh? Uh, how could Cam Newton come back and win at Black did it, 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 it just didn't feel right and I understand that Alabama had lost several players off that 019 several leaders to the NFL draft and you know levels of complacency at set in but 2011 there was just so much build up where you knew what you had on defense coming back you were really excited about that and then uh when the tornado came in April of that year, it was, okay, now we got to win. We got to win to restore the city. We got to win to give the people hope. We got to win to, you know, put Tuscaloosa and surrounding cities in the state back where they need to be. And there was build-up for that 11 season. And what happened, you know, even with the 9-6 to loss to LSU, Bama ran the table. Got back to the national championship and handled LSU, shutting it out, 21-0 in New Orleans. Then, I look at the 2015 season and the build-up there. I mean, 2013 and 2014, Bama, no national championship in either season. And here comes these newspapers, these uh, national reporters with, okay, Saban's done, it's over. And we, we, we've never seen Saban go back-to-back back years of no ring. We've never seen Saban go back-to-back back years. No national championship. I mean, it's over. Stick a fork in Bam. They're a burnt chicken. They're cooked. They're done. And what does Saban do? Even with the loss to Ole Miss, runs the table with Derek King Henry and other guys, especially guys in that defense, they get to the national championship and win. Why? The build up from U.S. fans, the energy going to that season. 2017, there was a lot of energy. 2016, Alabama had the most entertaining defense that year. It didn't yield a national championship, but still entertaining nonetheless. What happens 2017, you ask the fans, so excited, you know, you got Jalen Hurts, you got this hot shot freshman, Tua Tonga and all these other freshmen, Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, uh, Henry Ruggs. Oh my gosh, my gosh, look at these young kids. Look what they got on the field here. And the guys on defense, well, so much energy infused. Alabama, even with the loss to Auburn in the Iron Bowl, didn't keep it from getting into the college football playoff and winning the national championship. And then 2020, oh, man, the energy. Oh, man. I mean, 2020, 2018 and 2019, no national title. Tua tonga gone. many people thought, Mac Jones, the three-star? A kid from Florida? What are he going to do? Isn't he the one that lost Bama to Iron Ball with them two pick sixes? In 2019? And then you had the coronavirus pandemic that we were wondering, is there even going to be football? Is football going to be a thing? Is that even going to be played? And what happens, you not only got got a football season, but you got one of the most exciting football seasons of Alabama history. We saw Mac Jones go from being three-star to setting records, becoming a Heisman finalist, becoming a, First round, top fifteen draft pick. We went from, is Bama gonna have a football season to Devontae Smiths, the Heisman Trophy winner. There was so much build up, excitement going into 2020, and we saw the result of that. This upcoming season, folks, there is just so much excitement. When you talk to Alabama fans, it's you know, saving gonna get back there after. Falling short to Kirby Smart back in January to end last season. Saban's going to get back there. Saban ain't done yet. You got so many people wondering. Because the question's being thrown out there more and more. Is Saban going to retire? Is he finally going to retire? Is he going to bow out gracefully? And Saban's answered the question time and time again. I'm not retiring. I don't want to retire. I love what I do. Enjoy what I do. Passionate about what. I do. There's just a lot of excitement going into this year. U.S. fans wanting to know, you know, can Bryce Young become the first player to go back-to-back Heisman Trophy since Archie Griffin? You know, can Will Anderson break the Derek Thomas record of 27 sacks that has stood since 1988? And uh, if he were to average three sacks a game this season, he can get that. You know, U.S. fans wondering, you know, offensive line, what's that going to look like? Defensive line, does Bama got those animals? Um, You know, secondary, what's the secondary going to look like? Just a lot of uh, buildup, just a lot of excitement, just a lot of energy coming into this season. They've been going after national championship number eight overall, seventh during his time at Alabama. But we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take, go to a break right here, folks. When we get back, we're going to sit down with my man Justin Smith but talk this 20-23 class, get the popcorn going, pop up you a can, because we're going to be back on him Own Words.
1: Remember the taste of grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion and ordering is easy. Visit Emily's Heirloom Pound Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at Emily'sHeirloomPoundCakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch.
0: All right, people, we're back into the action from the break. Hottest show in the streets, talking your Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine. For all of you that, that have called in, Hold through to the next segment. We're gonna get your calls. Just hold through to the next segment because we definitely want to hear from you, guys. Shout out the man, Coach Smoke, aka Senator Hines, with that two-dollar donation. The super chats. Appreciate the man, Coach Smoke, helping us out here. dancing and Stephen on the desk doing his thing right there, and uh, we go to the phone. We go to the in-mall awards hotline. We pick up the man on a mission here, getting the analysis on everybody in this 2023 recruiting class and beyond that being Justin Smith of Touchdown, Alabama Magazine, lead scouting and recruiting analyst. Justin, what's happening, my man?
3: Not much, Steven. Like I always say, excited to be on to
0: talk about some recruiting news. Absolutely fun to get into that recruiting information because that's what the fans want to know is who are the next guys coming to Tuscaloosa. So, Justin, I remember you talked about on the process two young men in particular, uh, James Smith, a freakish defensive lineman, and Quay Rusall, who is his teammate at Carver High School, you mentioned that these two are a package deal. If you want to get, if you want to get both of them, you got to get one. And if you can get one, the other may follow suit. Uh, how do you see this between Smith and Russell as a package deal? These two dynamic uh, defensive linemen here from Carver High School. Well, this does look like a pretty solid package deal. I know we've heard guys say this in the past,
3: and a lot of times it has not come to fruition. But this 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 package deal looks really serious just based on how close they are in terms of their personal relationship, also – they go to the same school. A lot of a lot of prospects in the past have said this. They were not even going to the same high school, but these guys go to the same high school with James Smith transferring back to carver Montgomery for his senior year. You go on these guys' Twitter profiles; they each have one another as their cover. Um, picture, And I think that just shows the um, type of relationship they have. And they spend a lot of time around each other. Of course, they go to the same school, play on the same football team, and also train at the same training facility under the same um, training coaches at Madhouse Training and Montgomery Alabama. So they definitely have a close relationship, at least their top six both of them have the same schools listed um, with them being considered a package deal at the moment. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Florida, you have Alabama State in the mix as well, as well as the Auburn Tigers. Um, things look to be, say, pretty close at the moment. I think Todd are in a really um, good position, just some interesting teams in the mix. Like I said on the latest episode of the process, I feel that I feel that – um, just looking at their recruitment, it's very similar to another guy who Madhouse Training trained in the Montgomery area in the last recruiting cycle in Curtis Perry. He, he was looking at pretty some similar schools. You can take a look at Auburn, Ohio State, and the Crimson Tide um, heading to the end of his recruitment. Both of these guys could wait all the way to National Signing day which is what Curtis Perry did. As well. So things could get really interesting um, throughout the season. We'll see how many times the Crimson Todd are able to get these guys on campus for games and possibly official visits before they make decisions. I am definitely looking forward to watching both of them in action this upcoming season in terms of their skill set. I think James Smith is one of the more complete defensive linemen in this 2023 recruiting class. I think he has an opportunity to make an immediate impact no matter. Which school he chooses, I think he's going to show a lot of his game on this upcoming season at Carver Montgomery High School. Just shows the ability to brush from different spots all across the defensive front, show off his quickness for a guy his size, which is really impressive. And show off the thing that is, that is, I think, the biggest strength is the physicality that he plays the game with. You also have Prairie Russo, who's a versatile defensive prospect who could have been inside linebacker who... The Crimson side are most likely recruiting him for at the moment. He said in the past that they will most likely want him to play inside linebacker, but he's a guy who has experience rushing off the edge, being a um, physical edge rusher. So we'll see what position he plays at the next level. But the Tide are in a good position with both of these guys on right now but like we have seen in the past specifically in this 2023 recruiting class looking at in-state guys you have to finish the job you can be in a good position but you have to finish the deal close the deal to land these guys on no matter where you stand at, at one point in their recruitment
0: so justin and and i i've always said this i've always talked about i dabble in recruiting I know enough to formulate a conversation, but you study this. Like you track this, you eat, sleep, breathe this. So, uh, to you here, is it unfair for people to uh, kind of uh, criticize or judge uh, Freddie Roach as Alabama's defensive line coach when you talk about the recruiting circuit and, uh, you know, Peter Woods, top in state guy? didn't choose Alabama straight off, chose Clemson, and then you look at four-star Kelby Collins, of whom Alabama was in position for, you know, but he chooses Florida, and you get a lot of fans that wonder, okay, why is Alabama not getting these top, elite, you know, marquee defensive linemen, defensive tackles? Is there something that Coach Roach is not doing? Uh, is, is it fair to, you know, criticize? Is it fair to judge Coach Roach on, uh, you know, not being able to get some guy Guys that people feel like Alabama should be getting. Um, I think
3: if you if you want to judge him, I'm, I'm pretty, in my opinion it is fair game if that is the way you want to see things because he is a lead recruiter um, for um mo- a lot of in-state guys, specifically along the defensive line. So if you if if you feel um that you are not satisfied with the job that he has done, you're definitely um it, it's definitely fair game if you want to criticize him, but I think he has done a really good job building a relationship with guys. He has helped the Crimson Tide land some pretty um, top, pretty high-ranking recruits in this 2023 recruiting class so far. Unfortunately, he has missed out on some guys as well, but it is not like he's doing a terrible job building a relationship with these guys just based on what they tell everyone, every reporter, including me. They speak highly on the relationship that they have with approach constantly staying in contact with them, which is what is most important when it comes to assistant coaches recruiting. So just based on what I know so what um parents have told me and what recruits have told me, um, it's done a great job building relationship with those guys, but unfortunately it is not um led to them committing to the Crimson Tower. We can take a look at Woods and Collins on um, both of those guys um have been pretty open about them growing up. Alabama fans and their parents have been getting recruited. By Alabama, and Freddie Roach has recruited those guys' parents, too, specifically Kelby Collins. I know he talked a lot about how Freddie Roach is in constant contact with his parents, so it is definitely a fair game if they want to um, criticize him just because of the fact he is the main recruiter for, he was the main, well, will continue to be the main recruiter for Kelby Collins, and also um, Peter Woods Crimson a criminal to, to recruit those guys for those guys' shows to go elsewhere, but he has done a really good job on the recruit trail, landing other guys like Tony Mitchell, yeah, Jaleel Hurley, um, um, Young ZP Air, taking a look at the twenty twenty-four class. He had a huge role in the Crimson Tide picking up Jalen and Falkway. He's gonna be a five star recruit in this 2024 recruiting class in the future. So um he has hit on some, he has missed on some, but I think he's still a um, pretty good recruiter. Um take a look at any recruiting rankings, when you take a look at coaches, he's gonna be one of the best in the nation. Um could be the top in the nation, just taking a look at what he has helped the Crimson Tide bring in. Unfortunately, um Kelby Collins and Peter specifically Peter woods are two big misses inside of the state so it is fair to judge them
0: we're talking with our own justin smith the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for touchdown alabama magazine if you're just checking us out here on a wednesday so just as we now flip this to keon Keeley, who uh five-star defensive lineman Right now, a Notre Dame uh, guy, Notre Dame commit, a uh, Notre Dame commit here. W- where does Alabama stand in, uh, you know, potentially, possibly flipping him? Uh, potentially, possibly, you know, making him the next guy, you know, in this class as we stand right now. Where is Alabama and Keon Keeley's recruitment?
3: Yeah, I think the is still um, in a good position, solid position. Um, I guess it all depends on. If he would, if he would, um, decommit or flip, that's something everyone keeping their eyes on. I think this is one of those recruitments where, I, where I've talked about on this show in the past. Decommitment season is coming up. It usually happens in the middle of the season when certain teams, um, seasons are not going on right, and some coaches get on the hot, hot seat and just taking a look. And Notre Dame, they have a new um, head coach now. Um, things there are some question marks around their program. It'll be interesting to see how things get off, and if they do get off to a bumpy start, When take a look at the Fighting Irish's upcoming season, we could see them in trouble on the recruiting trail right now. I think they are in a good position to have a um, solid class, they have some good commits at the moment, but things could change if things don't get out to a hot start, hot start for the Fighting Irish with them um being under a new regime, so that is something to pay attention to when it comes to Keon Keely's recruitment and a lot of guys' um, recruitment um, who are verbally committed to schools who may not get off to a great start on this upcoming season. So the or in a good position with him after hosting him. Um, they were um, always the favorite, even when they offered him, got him on campus, um, a, I think a couple of weeks later, um, to take an unofficial visit. He said he loved the program in terms of what they do for their players on and off the field. So the, the Crimson Tide were all were always the favorite, have the team to be the favorite to um, land him if he committed from the Fighting hours or possibly flip, flip him. I think they still remain um, that favorite, but we'll see. How he handles his recruitment if he backs off his pledge, if he decides to take another visit to Alabama during the season, I think that will help the tie's chances as well.
0: You heard him right here, folks, the living legend himself when it comes down to Bama on the recruiting front. Justin Smith, the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Be sure to check out his show, The Process, every Tuesday and Thursday. Incredible work there from Justin breaking down the tape, watching the film, studying, rating, ranking, scouting, seeing all of these young athletes in games and uh, checking out their commitment, on the biggest scale right there. And uh, be sure to check him out on Twitter as he continues to uh, check out these athletes. Justin, as always, we appreciate you, man. You take care.
3: You do the same, Stephen.
0: Always fun having Justin on the show to talk Bama recruiting. But, folks, we're going to go to a break right now because when we get back, it's on you. Ring those phones, light us up. We want your conversations. And they're coming. Oh, yeah, they're coming right after this
2: don't touch that dial call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on in my own words with stephen m smith brought to you by we own the fourth quarter visit we own now to get your four finger bling necklace
0: And boom, baby, we're back in from the break. Hottest show on the streets covering your Bama football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama magazine. Got to shout out the man Randy Harris with that $5 donation. The Super Chats, appreciate the love there from Randy helping us out here on the show and dance. And Stephen appreciates the love there as well. But... We now get to our favorite time of the show, and it's time to take your phone calls. And those phone calls brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang. 205-448-1358. Now we're gonna call in. 205-448-1358. We grab this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
4: What's going on, Steven? It's your boy, Coach Smoop, man. What's good, brother?
0: Doing good, man. Just got a chance to hear from Coach Saban. You know, not disappointed with the team, not satisfied either, but he missed it out. You know, some depth there on the defensive line, brought up old Jaheim Otis in there, and uh, looking forward to this season. Man, let me tell you, Steven, our defensive line um, has
4: always led our championship teams. If you you go back and look through the history on the Coach Saban, it's always been defensive-led national championship teams. Um, offense in more recent national championships has been a lot more flashy and a lot more explosive than what we've been used to. But anytime Saban has carried a, a top 10, uh, top 15 uh, defense statistically, mainly um, having a top five, top 10 rushing defense, um, and you know, that, that's just proven to be the formula. And um, even with offenses getting more explosive our defense has steadily maintained as much as we give as much issues as we give Pete Golden. Uh, Pete Golden the first three weeks of the season always looks kinda kinda iffy. But during the gauntlet, during the stretch of the season, our defense has shown up the last two years. I mean, really shown up. Especially especially uh last year. Um, you know, I, I think we forget that Auburn held our offense scoreless until it was eight minutes left in in the uh in the fourth quarter, eight eight minutes left in the game in regulation. And um, you don't do that when you have three possessions. I think we had – I think it was 12 possessions up until that point. We had had 12 possessions, and we had only given up 10 points. Um, So you don't do that with just – you don't win that game without a strong defense. Um, And the offense put them in a lot of bad spots. We just – our offensive line was struggling that game, and we all saw the game and we ended up winning it. But the defense really won that game. Even with Kool-Aid McKinstry at the end making the play, defense has led us to our national championships. And so for a defensive to be the talk of our fall camp and spring and to be the talk of everything surrounding Alabama and the offense to be the thing in question with as much talent as we have coming back, and I don't think it's – we we question the offensive line, Stephen, but I don't think it's so much as the offensive line as far as – the talent there, the ability there. I think it's just a question of who. I feel like we can put eight or nine guys, uh, a mixture of eight or nine guys out there right now in all five of those spots and mix and match it and have a solid group. But as always, we're always looking for the best five for each position that's going to be able to gel and give us the best production all of So that doesn't mean the best left guard, the best left tackle. It's the best offensive lineman that can go and play this position. And that's why... I don't pay attention to all the, the talk that's coming out of camp. Um, I pay attention to consistency and what's been proven. Uh, we know steam coming from Vanderbilt. That's going to be a big help. But you got guys like uh, Cohen that's going to get healthy and get back in his spot. But until then, you got a six-year uh, guy in Randolph that's going to be able to cover that down. You got Dallin Court that is getting a, a fair opportunity while he's healthy to lock down the center position. If he doesn't, you know Seth is coming off the bench with the energy. And on your right side, where we have most of our problems, we have so much potential and upside on the right side. Steven, I just I, – I feel so confident about our season that um, our hiccups are going to come as, you know, 18-point, you know, wins. You know, like like we were only winning by eight, 18 points, 12 points. Obama had a close game. Those That's the type of season we're going to have, you know. And um, they're going to be talking about us if somebody rushes 100 yards plus on us. You know, that, that's the type of season we're going to have, where it's going to be such a dominant season with all the talent we have surrounding both sides of the ball and the staff that we got coming back. Steven, I hate it for college football, man. And I love it for Alabama. So um, that's all I want to talk about today, Steven. I appreciate you taking my call. Roll Tide in the chat. Roll Tide to the Blue wrench game. And shout out to the TDA fam, man. Y'all keep doing what y'all do, even I love coming back. Even when I don't catch these shows live, I love coming back and watching these shows, man. You guys are doing it big from recruiting to just up-to-date news and just a great insight of what's going on inside that football program, man. And uh, I really appreciate you guys, man. Keep it up and appreciate you, buddy. Take care
0: absolutely coach smoke senator hines starting us off on wednesday's show we continue with calls we grab this one you're live on the show what's going on how we feeling state your name and where you calling from you're live on the show caller state your name and where you calling from hey Stephen. this is kyle from georgia how you doing doing great kyle and yourself
5: i'm doing pretty good so i got a two-part right here um the first one the first one's kind of a joke. Um, is Stetson Bennett gonna get social security benefits from UGA this year when he leaves or or what? You, you know what? Like he, six, he, six he might, seventh year.
0: I I'll i I'll say I'll say this, Kyle. He might get a a fifth doctoral degree. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
5: Number two is got to do with Georgia again. You know, roll tide. All right. So Everybody's talking about Nick Saban, making all these excuses. Oh, last year was a rebuilding year, all this and that and the other. So what? what's Georgia's excuse going to be this year? Oh, we didn't have that dynamic defense to tote us after um, South Carolina beat, um, Tennessee, and Mississippi State. I got them, I got them a three right there out the gate, three out the gate. They done. Those three teams going to get Georgia this year. That's my prediction.
0: Well, that, that's probably take on that? That's probably, Kyle, going to be one of the excuses right there is, you know, with Georgia, lost or on defense, couldn't replenish it. Or it could be a situation where they think, you know, we have all of these quarterbacks, but Kirby Smart is continuing to stay with Stetson Bennett. It could be either one of those.
5: In Georgia, so I got to listen to him, and I just tell them uh, four- and five-star quarterbacks go to Georgia and die. That's just, that's just my take on it, but roll tide. Love your show. Keep doing what you're doing, and let's get it against Utah State. Roll tide.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate Kyle from Georgia calling in. 17 days until Bama takes on Utah State and Brian Denny. We grabbed this call. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name, and where are you calling from? Hey,
1: Steven. This is Michael from Columbia, South Carolina. How you doing, bro?
0: Doing great, Michael, and yourself.
1: Good. Um, two things to talk about. Before I you know, say what I have to say, I really enjoy listening to the podcast, tuning in. Steve, I mean, you're great. I enjoy, you know, I come off from work, have hard days at work. But coming on this podcast, uh, watching this always brings uh, always bring greatness to me and having um, listened to this podcast talk about Alabama football. I just want to get that off my chest. I
0: appreciate that coming from you, Michael. I appreciate it. Uh, but my question is
1: um Nick Saban I didn't catch Nick Saban's uh press conference today but did he say anything about the offense the wide right receivers um in particular?
0: Uh he did. He said the guys improved from the scrimmage in the scrimmage. You know, Saban was disappointed there. You know, Alabama had some dropped balls from receivers. They picked it up this week in practice. Not a lot of dropped balls, so the hands are becoming more consistent. They're understanding what they need to do. I, I, I think the main thing Coach Saban wants to see is after Jermaine Burton, because he's talked a lot about Burton, the transfer from Georgia. After Burton, you know who's the number two guy? You know, who wants to be that number two option for Bryce Young? And, it, and it's a lot of guys out there that could be that option. Ja'Cory Brooks can be it. Christian Leary can be it. Tyler Harrell can be it. You got guys that can be it. But who wants to take that number two spot behind Burton?
1: And uh, and secondly, you know, I look at Alabama's schedule. You know, we start off with Utah State. You know, a lot of people talk about the Texas A&M game. Uh, They should be kind of a marker there. But I'm I'm interested to hear from you what you think about this. I do believe that if there's any game to really keep your eye on, it's the Arkansas game, the Razorbacks. To me, you know, I hear about you know, you know who they've gotten, who they've brought in from the transfer with Gidon Hasselwood and all those guys. You know, what do you think, Steve? Who, I mean, in your mind, who do you see right
0: now as a potential big game for Alabama? I know a lot of people talk about Texas A&M, but, Michael, I'm there with you with Arkansas. Sam Pittman has done so much quickly to change that program. You got a veteran quarterback back in KJ Jefferson. You got strong guys back on defense, bumper pool Drew Sanders, which they pull from Alabama out of the transfer portal. Arkansas's got a team, and you go up to Fayetteville to play Sam Pittman and the Hawks. So that's a matchup you cannot sleep on. That's a match you can't take your eye off of. Appreciate Michael from South Carolina, those thoughts right there, but i, I roll with him with Arkansas. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How are we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
6: Hey, man, this is Peter from Jay, Florida. Thanks for taking my call. I'm a newer listener. I think I've listened like three times. Your show's awesome. Gets me pumped for the season, so thank you.
0: Absolutely, man. This is what we do, man. We we enjoy getting the fans pumped, getting the fans informed, and getting them ready.
6: Yeah, cool. So one of your callers yesterday made a valid point, but I wanted to kind of ask your ask you a question about it too. So he he made the comment like, um, "Where are like, um, like our guys in the middle that can really be game changers and just break through the line, right? Like those big bulldozer nose tackles." Um, And I agree, like, that's something that isn't as powerful um, to he I think, is the real deal. But besides that, the past basically, I think, three or four years, you can argue that that really hasn't been uh, as much of a strength. My question was with kickers, going 360 here, Will Riker, do you know if he's the first scholarship kicker since Saban has been there? Haven't they all been walk-ons before him?
0: Uh, in, in, in terms of kickers, aside from Will Reichert in the scholarship, I think I think the last scholarship kicker, I think it was Adam Griffith. I want to say Adam Griffith was the last one, scholarship-wise. So that hasn't been like, consistent. Yeah, so I think okay. Will Reichert has been, uh, as far as scholarship kickers, recently he's been the most consistent. And I go back to 2020, the offense was so good that we forget about how perfect Riker was in 2020.
6: Yeah, and I think, again, this year, right, you can argue, like, he's not even really mentioned because he's just doing his freaking job. Um, But I think my point is, and thanks for validating that, I think with the defensive lineman, and this is just a microcosm example, there's other parts you can kind of correlate. Saban evolves with the game, and that's what makes him so great, right? He, in the past, besides Griffith, um, like you were saying, hasn't given scholarships to kickers. So essentially, if a Will Riker, for example, let's say happened eight years ago, he's not going to get him because Riker knows he can get a full ride somewhere else. Now he's taking up. It's just one scholarship, but it is a scholarship. So it's attention, time and recruiting efforts and money towards different areas, I feel like now. Um, and I think we have to, like, be mindful of that and give him credit. Again, Saban evolves with the game. I- I'm talking kicker. I understand that. But if you equate that, let's say that Saban said, you know, I want more speed on my DN, which he has changed that, too. He's brought in a lot of speed rushes on the end. And, you know, I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit up the middle to get myself an assured three points. Like you said, Riker's lockdown. And I think they got another kid committed, correct me if I'm wrong, coming in after Riker now, time for next year um as a kicker too and again that's just one example but I think you can look around the field and even at quarterback he had managers McElroy, Matt Jones, McCarron yes they were high recruits but let's be honest they weren't really as highly touted as Jalen, Tua, and some other guys so I think yes he has to pick pick and choose right like they all do even though he's the greatest so I just I just wanted to comment on that get your thoughts and, and I'll leave it there but thanks man I appreciate the time.
0: Absolutely appreciate Peter from Florida calling in. Good good stuff there from Peter. We take this call here. You're live on the show. What's going on? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from.
7: Hey, this is uh Terence, originally from Mississippi, but I'm representing Texas, L Town, Lufkin.
0: What's on hey, your mind, I'm, my man?
7: Okay, I got a, you know, a few more things on my mind. Um, I know everybody is so on Trey Sanders. There's nothing against Trey Sanders. He's put in his work. You know, hey, I think he's going to get his time, but, hey, it's a lot of people sleeping on Jason McCullough. This dude is nasty, man. I'm talking about he's, oh, he's a give-and-go gadget type of running back. I mean, people, to me, he reminds me a little bit more of, you know, Damon Harris, you know. He find a hole, hit it, and he's wide open to the house. Um, another thing, man, defensive line, I ain't hearing too much about Tim Smith, but Jaheim Otis and, and Jamil Burroughs, man, I can't wait to see these. They, you, you seen them when they were younger. They had dog in them. You seen them during the summer, all the work that Otis has put in, he had some dog in him. He had some dog about him, and I just can't wait. I mean, I can't wait to see those more. I, I think the interior pass rush on defense is going to be a bit better. Uh, I actually think Moody should be the middle linebacker. Let's play Deontay Lawson at the other side. Um, that's just me, but I guarantee still there. But I'm looking for Bama to cut up on defense this year, and I'm looking for the offense to look similar to the 2020 offense. That's just me, and I'm handing it back over to you. Roll, Ty, roll.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate Terrence for that call there and just getting back to the defensive line. Coach Saban mentioned Tim Smith too. He mentioned Otis. He's mentioned Tim Smith. He's mentioned you know, Jamil Burroughs back in the spring. Bama's got depth on the line. Bama's got depth at nose tackle. It's the question US fans are having is who is that guy that can put us back in the mind frame of a Deron Payne, right? A Quinn Williams. A Marcel Darius, a Jesse Williams, a Christian Barmore. Like who's a guy that can put us all back in that mind frame? They don't necessarily have to be exactly like those guys because you're not going to be exactly like them. But who can get us back close to the mind frame of those guys? That's what you want as a fan. And in any, in any of those guys I mentioned, whether it's Burroughs, whether it's uh, Otis, whether it's Tim Smith, if they can put us back in the mind frame close, to Marcel Darius a Jesse Williams, a Quentin Williams, a Deron Payne, a Christian Barmore, then we as consumers of college football are 100% cool with that. It's just which one of those guys can put us in the mind frame of the guys we have seen in the past that just ate up centers, ate up offensive guards, ate up quarter, ate up uh, running backs, ate up quarterbacks, and made life easier On the defensive ends, the linebackers, and most importantly, the defensive secondary. But appreciating your calls coming in here. 205-448-1358. Keep those coming. Want to hear from you. 205-448-1358 here. And in my own words, we're getting to these topics now, and the first one here, how about Jalen Milrow getting to the NIL compensation dance here of uh, a sophomore quarterback from Texas, lands his first NIL deal. He's a Roback athlete, Roback clothing, uh, clothing uh, the fashion apparel line, uh, they do golf fashion, they do uh, all types of fashion, so... Uh, Milro becomes the second Alabama player to ink a deal with Roback joining uh, junior outside linebacker Will Anderson. So kudos there to Jalen Milrow getting his first NIL deal. Also, Bryant-Denny Stadium, no more having the liquor in your purse. No more hiding the liquor in your boots. No more hiding the alcohol flask in your pocket. Why? Because the University of Alabama... Bryant-Denny Stadium will be serving alcohol for the games on Saturdays in the fall. It was announced in a six-to-one voting by the the legislature. Six-to-one voting in a, in a in a in a meeting, city council meeting, that Bryant-Denny Stadium is approved, has been approved. To sell alcohol inside of Brian Denny. So I don't I don't know if this is gonna improve fan attendance. Maybe it will. Maybe it maybe it'll be something where more people in there they see more of their favorite drinks being sold. Saban will not look at the stands and wonder okay, why is half the lower bowl empty? Maybe we will not have that. Maybe this will improve or increase the amount of people staying inside the stadium we shall see but according to city council meeting six to one rule voting uh brian denny alabama will be serving alcohol inside of the stadium but we go to a break right now folks on touch that dial when we return uh, we look at the wide receiver position and get into more of uh, Yes, Jermaine Burton's receiver number one. But who do I feel like grabs that number two spot here opposite of him? We'll talk about it after this. right folks you are flying with the tda airplane in my own words yours truly steven smith of touchdown alabama magazine appreciate you guys checking us out on the show how to show on the streets talking your bama football news before we get into the final topic of conversation got to remind you of tdaware.com tdaware.com that's we're in fall camp get yourself set up with your gear today, supporting your favorite football program. Or, if you want to, you can wait to Saturday, September 3rd, when the Crimson Tide opens the season against Utah State and Bryant-Denny to get the gear then. But, TDAwear.com, link in the description. Get all of your swag, sauce, drip, fashion, clothing, cultural needs right here. TDAwear.com, Show that support to Coach Saban. The University of Alabama, the student-athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But now we get into these Crimson Tide wide receivers. This is a conversation that a lot of you don't you know, want to talk about, the Bama wide receivers. You graduate Jamison Williams, John Metchie, and Slade bowled into the NFL. So now it's, okay, uh, who do we have to look at for the upcoming season? Who does Bryce Young, uh, you know, who can Bryce Young trust to, Get that ball to and you know have those guys you know, make those types of plays in the receiver in the receiving aspect. Well, you know, Coach Saban has been very high on Jermaine Burton since he arrived, and kudos to, and kudos to Burton. I mean, uh, he's put Georgia behind him, the national championship at Georgia behind him. He's all about I want to win with this team. I love these guys. I want to help this team win. These guys have welcomed me in with open arms, no hatred, no animosity. You know, know, I honestly don't even remember that the national championship game, me being at Georgia. I'm just so focused on being with this team. All the right things coming from Jermaine Burton, and he's backing it up with consistent play on the field. Consistent hands, really good speed, strong routes. He's backing up his play. So when Coach Saban says you're the most consistent guy, you got to figure, okay, this is wide receiver one. Bucket, this is wide receiver one. Jermaine Burton doing what he's supposed to do. So, the question now becomes, okay, so who's behind him? Who's number two? In Alabama, there's always been that solid number two or that just as good number two guy behind the number one guy. It's always been that way. So, you know, for Alabama, who's at number two in a sea of guys, whether it's experienced guys, Transfers, freshmen, all competing, battling in this thing. And for me, I feel like, this is just my opinion, I think the number two guy is Ja'Cory Brooks. It was me personally. I think this is the number two guy right here. Christian Leary is really good, and he's going to get out there. Absolutely. Trayshawn Holden working, trying to be that third or fourth receiver. Bayou Jones-Bell... I don't know where he's gonna kind of fit in here. Hopefully he fits in here, and then you got the freshmen who have been having a great fall camp. Oh, also Tyler Harrell, gotta find a fine spot in here, you know, as well. But I'm I'm gonna go with Jukori Brooks, and the reason why I'm saying Brooks is something that Coach Saban mentioned. Right, he's got consistent hands, got very strong routes. I remember Bryce Young talked about it last year. C7, Brooks takes his routes very seriously. You know, you wonder who else took their routes very seriously? Devontae Smith did. De'Corey Brooks takes his routes very seriously. He's got physicality at 6'2", 196 pounds, so he works as an outside stack on top of a DB type of receiver. Tough, very tough, highly competitive, extremely versatile. We saw against Texas A&M last year, blocked a punt that was recovered for a touchdown. Really like how Ja'Cory Brooks goes all out. And it's when Alabama recruits a freshman from South Florida, it just always works out right, doesn't it? When when Bama recruits a freshman wide receiver from South Florida, it always pans out. I mean, Amari Cooper, 2012, we saw that. Calvin Ridley, 2015, we saw that. Jerry Judy, 2017, hey, 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 we saw that. And you picked up Ja'Cory Brooks, 2021 class from South Florida, from Miami. And What does he do? You know, in the, in the Iron Bowl, you know, biggest game of the regular season at that point. You needed somebody to step up because, uh, you know, Jamison Williams got ejected for targeting earlier in that game. Ja'Cory Brooks makes two big catches, including a 28-yard touchdown. Tie the game at 10. Force overtime helping Alabama win that game. And then in the good year Cotton Bowl against Cincinnati, he led the entire receiver room, four catches for 66 yards, including a 44-yard touchdown. The guy sat next to Jamison Williams and John Mechie every day, soaking up energy, soaking up knowledge and information and wisdom from both of those two. And when Alabama needed a big play, And either Mechie or Jamo were now on the field. Went to Ja'Cory Brooks, who finished the season with 15 catches for 192 yards and two touchdowns. I understand he still needs more game reps. I get it. Didn't practice in the spring because of a slight injury. I get it. He's back full go and fall camp. Really having a good fall camp. But I think he's the number two guy. I know I know you got these other guys on screen battling. Tyler Harrell, Treshawn Holden, Christian Leary, Thayu Jones-Bell, Shaz Preston, uh, Kobe Plentis, Kendrick Law, Aaron Anderson. You got all of these guys. Isaiah Bond. You got all of these guys battling up here. All of these guys. You're going to be without JoJo Earl for six to eight weeks, but you got all of these guys battling up here. But I think Ja'Cory Brooks, because of... The size, the toughness, the routes, the want to, the fire, the competitiveness. The young man wants to be great. I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, NFL legend, future first ballot Hall of Famer, Larry Fitzgerald, spoke to Alabama about a week ago. And do you know who got right with Larry Legend to gleam extra wisdom and get a picture with him? Ja'Kory Brooks. <laughs> want to be great wants to be that guy to uh, have that chemistry there and have that connection there with Bryce Young. This is a good problem to have, folks. Jermaine Burton, yes, one, but you got a lot of guys that want that number two spot. The question is who? I really like Ja'Cory Brooks. He wasn't really talked about much when he came in the 2021 class, right? Am out of a conversation. Went with J.I. Hall. You know, he's now at Texas. A lot of that conversation went to, you know, other guys. But Brooks put his head down, went to work. When his number was called upon, had big moments last year. I think this year he's poised for even even bigger moments. That's why I got him as my number two option behind jermaine burton but we'll see what happens here we got another scrimmage coming up here on saturday we will see what happens but as always Bamber Nation, you want the best in news notes information entertainment you can check this out by accessing the touchdown alabama magazine app now you download the app from the iphone app store if you're rocking team apple google play store if you got the android phone for your all your needs Check I out: iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Overcast.fm, Google Play, or iHeartRadio got you covered. If the good and gracious Lord sees fit, I shall make my return on Friday, continuing the conversation that, that is Thai football. Remember, Bama fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Have those sent directly to your door. That link found in the description. If you're trying to get your hands on the fresh edition, print edition of TDA the Magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join. Become a member or a subscriber today. That link in the description. You're trying to get your hands on the four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of our guys that we own fourth quarter.com that link in the description too but guys shout out my man justin smith the lead scouting and recruiting analyst for tda to come on here breaking down the 2023 class want to give a great shout out to you guys the outstanding fans of bama football your just 17 days can you feel it can you feel the intensity 17 days from Alabama kicking this thing off against Utah State. But appreciate you guys, all the love, all the phone calls, all the donations making this your network platform, channel, and space to talk Bama. Also got to shout out my two outstanding producers in the room right now, John Ivory and Eli Walker making this the great thing, the great show that it is. Hey, it's their world. I'm just living in it. But until next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value those husbands. Children continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored and get that schoolwork done. School back in here. I'll get you those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself, you protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, I'm your man, Stephen M. Smith, and you've been listening to My Own Word.